drink. like you all were singers. And we just like to uh, sing and praise the Lord through song. This old world is filled with disappointments, troubles every day. Sometimes I get disgusted. Me and Mama keep singing as we go. 
All right, very good. Look with me, if you would, in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, <coughs> chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And uh, verse number 9. The Bible said God is faithful. Amen to that. God is faithful. By whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. 
That's not part of my message, but I always like to read that because that's a good scripture. God is faithful by whom you were called under the fellowship of our Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. All right, verse number 10. We begin reading verse number 10 through 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say that every one of you say, saith, I am of Paul, and I have Apollos, I have Cephas, and I have Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Christmas and Gaius, lest any should say that I baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptize any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Amen. Let's pray. Father, once again, I pray that you'll bless us, meet with us tonight. Holy Ghost, do his office work in every heart. Uh, Lord, and uh, God, help me say what I should say tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Amen. Baptists believe that tonight. Amen. I don't know what church Christ do with it, but Baptists believe that tonight. Amen. Send us to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul here is writing this church to straighten this church out. It's like a lot of churches today. They're in a mess. Churches are in a mess. Not only a mess financially, but they're in a mess spiritually. And they got their doctrine all wrong. Some of the greatest orators that I've ever heard in churches are great orators. But when it comes, when it, they're speaking on, preaching on issues and things, uh, they're just great. But when it comes to uh, doctrine, they're just rank on doctrine. And they're in a mess. And people are just being deceived in these last Days. I'm not going to preach on that, but I want to preach on this church and uh, of Corinth. And Paul's writing here in the first chapter, and we'll just deal with that few verses here, uh, about a family in this church, the family of Stephanus. Stephanus, I believe that's how it's pronounced, Stephanus. And he says here, he begins in verse number 10 to tell us about this as he begins to Correct this church. Now, here's what he says in verse 10. Now, watch these words. Now, I beseech you, brethren, speaking to God's people here, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing. Wouldn't it be good in our churches if everybody was to speak the same thing? Amen. We all spoke the same thing. Then it says... Uh, speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you. No divisions. I've preached in churches where uh, right in the center aisle, it's like the devil was standing there. I may say something funny 
and this side over here would laugh, and over here it was silent. If I said something good, they would say amen over here, and over here it was silent. And the devil standing right in the middle, and you know the church was divided. Paul said there'd be no divisions in the church. That's a church, that's the way a church ought to be. No divisions in the church. Among you, and watch, he says, but that ye be perfectly, perfectly joined together. Now watch, in the same mind. God's people in the church ought to be in the same mind, the mind of Christ, thinking the same way. Thinking the same way. In the same mind and in the same judgment. In the same judgment. Now watch, Paul tells them this and he says what he just did to set them up for he says this, for it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them of the house of Chloe, those were the squealers, that there are contentions among you. There's contentions among you. Now what? Now this I say that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Sounds to me like they're bragging about who they were saved under. I was saved under Paul, and and, uh, and I of Cephas, and uh, uh, I had the privilege of winning a man to the Lord yesterday. Was that yesterday? I was, was th- it was Thursday night. Boy, time goes fast, huh? <laughs> Two things when you get old. Now, somebody told me this. I don't think. <laughs> Number one, time goes fast. And number two, your nose starts running. I don't understand. <laughs> Why does your nose have to start running when you get old? I'm serious. I don't get it. Drives me nuts. Anyways, I had the privilege of winning this man to the Lord, and he was in church today. Amen. Praise God. He had visited one time, and I visited his house, and he got saved. He came to church today, and God had answered a prayer that he had been praying about. He flunked his test for CDL. I don't know how many times. And I said, we're going to pray about it. Now you're saved. We can pray. You have an advocate with the Father now. And he, he passed that test on Saturday. Amen. So God came through for him. Boy, that was good. Amen. But now what it would it be like people around saying, I had saved him. Now you know people that just get saved. They don't know the lingo, the proper Christian lingo, if I can put it that way. And they'll say things like that, you know. Uh, the, the preacher saved him things like that. You can understand that. They, they need to learn to, to talk Christian uh, Christianity right and everything. But here's a crowd here. They're saying they were saved under Peter, under uh, under Cephas, under Chloe, or, or not Chloe, but uh, uh, under Paul or what? And Paul says here, I, he says, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you. Two in the crowd, though. Crispus and Gaius. Well, that's a little humiliating. 
Wouldn't it be humiliating if Paul was there and said, I'm glad I baptized none of you. That's what he was saying to him. But Crispus and Gaius. Lest any should say that I baptize in my own name. Now watch. And I baptize also the household of Stephanus. They were there. I baptize also the household of Stephanus. A family in that church. Besides, I know not whether I baptize any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. My message is about this missionary family in the church, Stephanus. Who were they? Paul's telling us three things about Stephanus. When, when, in the Bible, when, when they put their, their names in the Bible, it's important. God wants us to know about those individuals. Especially if they put their proper name in. Okay, the proper name. Now, the proper name here is Stephanus. He's, he's got a family here, the house of Stephanus. He said he baptized a whole family. What's, what's he telling us about that? He's telling us three things about the household of Stephanus. The first thing that he's telling us about the house, what Paul's telling us about the household of Stephanus is this. The entire household of Stephanus were saved. They were all saved. If they weren't saved, Paul never baptized them. Nobody's fit for baptism until what? Until they've been born again. They've been saved. Amen. Listen, there was harmony in the house of Stephanus because they were all saved. I'm going to tell you why we're having trouble in our Christian families because somebody in that house is not saved. Somebody's not saved. I believe that's why we have trouble in our churches. Somebody's in the church not saved. Somebody's not saved. They think they're saved, but they're not saved. Or they talk they're saved, but they're not saved. This entire household, listen, there was harmony in this house because they were all saved. Paul told the Philippian jailer when he asked, what must I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And thy house, God is in the house Hold saving business. God wants to save everybody. You couldn't save my husband. You don't know what he's like. God knows exactly what he's like, and God can save him. You know what my wife's like? I'll tell you, though. Where is she? Where'd she go? Oh, there you are. I've heard that so many times. You don't know what... She's like, or he's like, or my son's like. Hey, I know what they're like. They're sinners. God saves sinners. Now see some of the characters been in our church. You know, you look around, a cat wouldn't even drag them in, you know? <laughs> you know what? They got saved. God saved. You know what? Cat wouldn't drag them in now. They're too clean. <laughs> it's amazing what God can do. There's nothing God can't do. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. That got me breakfast one morning. 
I was in a preacher's house, and we spent the night, and he said, we'll have breakfast in the morning. I'm thinking all night, biscuits and gravy and sausage and bacon and eggs, maybe some grits on the side, some potatoes. Cereal. Cereal. Cereal's not breakfast. That's a side dish. And you couldn't, ha- you couldn't eat until you gave a scripture. Grady Green was his name. He wrote books on messages. Grady Green, real nice guy, but he didn't know anything about breakfast. <laughs> the truth. And, and my pastor at the time was with me. He was first. He couldn't think of a scripture. Not a scripture in the Bible. I know one, he said. I know one. He was a Val Victorian down in Trinity in, in Florida. You know, Bob Gray School. He couldn't thank him. I said, you know, Jesus wept. You know. <laughs> he couldn't think of a scripture. You know what? I thought, see, when is it now? It's uh, Luke one thirty-seven. With God, nothing shall be impossible. Don't forget that. You might not get your breakfast. You know? <laughs> I didn't know it was going to happen to me. You never know. Hey, with God, nothing shall be impossible. God can save anybody. It makes a difference what they look like. They may look nice and sharp and be as wicked as anybody you ever heard about. Looks don't have anything to do with wickedness. Nothing at all. They were all saved by the grace of God. Mom, dad, boy, think of the harmony in the house. No fighting, no arguing. Ain't none of this. You're not going out with him. You're not going to go out in them kind of clothes. They were all saved. They were all just happy as a coon in a corn crib with a dog tied up. You know, everything was just nice. You know, like it ought to be. Children obeying the parents and everything. Just right. He baptized them because they were all saved. And he baptized all. So what's the second thing? They were all baptized. There wasn't no holding out. I don't understand people getting saved and holding out being baptized. First commandment. You're identifying with the church. You're identifying with Christ. When you go under, you're buried in the likeness of Jesus' death, raised in the likeness of Christ's resurrection. Picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. I had a guy tell me in a church up in Maryland, he's preaching at about 20 miles just south of Gettysburg or just in, into Maryland. That's several revivals. That's a little church up there. And, uh, and uh, what was it? What was it? Oh, he had this guy, and when he took the church, he, uh, we referred him to a church for this, this church up there. And they didn't have much money to give a guy and whatever, but he could do some work. You know, he could do anything. So he worked out real good there. And But he had this guy in his church never been baptized. And he said, I'm not going to get baptized. I don't need to do that. Uh-oh. You know, if a guy can't, I pastored a little bit. I had a guy that, that he had a colostomy, whatever. He said, Preacher, I can't do that because, remember who I'm at with? I'm, I'm chasing this dog. He said, um, he said, uh, I can't do it. I'll make a mess in the baptistry. I said, we'll wrap you in saran wrap or something, you know. Rubber band you. 
He said, now, nah, preacher, I'm afraid I'll make a mess. He'd been saved for years. He was an old bachelor. Been saved for years. One day he come up to me and he said, preacher, I got a brand new colostomy. Real high tech. He said, I, he's 80 some years old. He said, I can get baptized. And I, I, it won't make a mess. I baptized, got pictures, gave him pictures, blew him up. He was thrilled to death. But in this church in Maryland, it wasn't like that. I think God understood this guy with a colostomy. But this guy in Maryland, I don't have to be baptized. You don't have to get baptized to get saved? No. You got to get baptized to be right with God. He stood up in the middle of the church when he was teaching about baptism and rebelled against the whole crowd. Are you saying what you want to say? I don't think he's saved. I just don't think the guy was saved. So who are you to judge? Why would you argue with God on something as simple as that? It wasn't that you couldn't do it. You just want to argue with the Bible. I, I, I just don't think people... I just don't think people like that are saved. Baptism didn't save him. It doesn't save you. It doesn't save anybody. But you just refuse to do it. Something wrong with that. Something wrong with you and I just refusing God. Just refusing. And meanfully. They were all baptized in deep water. He didn't argue. He baptized the whole crowd. All everybody in the household was baptized. And then went off. This is a letter to the church. A letter to the church. So I may be assuming a little bit here, but I would say that he since he picked this family out. by name that this family was in church when the doors were open. And I'm going to substantiate that in a minute. That when the church doors were open, they loved God enough they came to church. Now I'm preaching to the choir, I know it. And everybody else that came to listen to the choir. <laughs> hey, when the church doors were open, there shouldn't be any arguing with yourself or with, I wonder, should I go to church? Uh, is there anything good on? Is there a ball game on? What, what do you think we ought to do? You think we ought to go to church? You think we ought to? It should be automatic. You just go to church. They're having church, so you just go to church. Like you did. Right? Yeah. You didn't have any choice. No. <laughs> you know what? In reality, we don't have any choice either. We want to be right with God. We don't have any choice just to stay home and do nothing, just do what we want to when something's going on in the church house. We're saved to serve. No, thank God you're here. I mean, you know, you're the, you are you're the you're the choir of all this. You know, when you get home, call the people that are not here and tell them what I said. All right. 
I believe they were in church. There's a missionary family in the church. They were all saved, all of them. They were all baptized. I believe they were all in church. This house of Stephens. Now let me show you something else. Look with me in, in chapter 16, verse 15. First uh, Corinthians 16, chapter 15, or verse 15. Paul said, I beseech you, brother, I beg you, I, I beseech you, brother, listen, you know the house of Stephanus. They were the first fruits of Achaia, which was a providence there. First fruits, they were the early Christians. How did they know them? How did, this was a big church. This was a big church on a port. How did they know in this big church? How did they know Stephanus? I was saved at Akron Baptist Temple. Back in 58, y'all weren't even born yet. And I served the Lord. I visited in the bus ministry. You know, I knew a lot of people. A lot of people knew me. You know how they knew me? It ain't no big deal. But I served a little bit. I just served a little bit, you know. Now, I was backslidden 14 years. Until I was 29. When you serve God in church, somebody takes notice what you're doing. Well, we don't do it for we don't do it for eye service. If you're doing it for eye service, you may as well forget it. Because your credit is just washed down pipes. But when you serve God, somebody's going to take notice. Okay? And you want somebody to take notice because you want to be. Uh, Paul spoke about looking at him, watching him. And you want somebody to see what you're doing, maybe they'll want to do it too. And here's a family that was serving God. That's how they knew who they were. They served the Lord. In this big church. He says, you know the house of Stephanus. There was the first fruits of Achaia. And that they addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They addicted themselves. You think of somebody that's addicted. They're addicted to drugs. They're addicted to pornography. They're addicted to something bad. Here's a family that was addicted to serving God. Think about that. Addicted simply means giving up oneself over to a practice. They gave themselves up over to God for whatever God wanted them to do. They addicted their lives. God came first. Whatever God wanted. I believe when they said, when somebody asked them about doing this or that, when they said, I'll pray about it, they meant it. That wasn't just something to say. They meant it because they wanted to see what God had to say about it. Or if it interrupted 
serving God. They addicted themselves. I can see them in it all, the whole family down there. Addicting the whole family, addicting themselves to the ministry of the saints, helping the saints. One pastor in a large church, he can't help everybody. He can't help everybody. When I'm home, pastor says, you know, so-and-so needs some help. So-and-so needs a visit over there. You know, could you do it? Well, sure, you know. And he said, you know, you're, you could maybe, uh, um, what's the word, relate to them more than I could. I said, why, are they old? <laughs> what is it? Uh, you know what I mean? People need help. One pastor can't help everybody. You know. and here's a family that addicted to help people. The saints. The saints. They addicted their lives. Now, a couple more points about Stephanus, and we're through. And we can do what we generally do after, after church Sunday night. Eat. <laughs> when we shouldn't. Verse number 16. I was speaking about Stephanus here. Paul says about Stephanus that you, you Corinthians, that ye submit yourselves to such. Submit yourself to them. Submit to them. And to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. He's saying, they helped and labored with me. The Apostle Paul. This is the Apostle Paul we're talking about. The 14th man to be called an apostle. Matthias was the 13th one to be called an apostle. Paul was the 14th one, but the one called out of due time, who I believe became the 12th. Very important man wrote half the New Testament. Paul said, many help, help me and labor. I'm going to show you what else he did here. Look, Paul said, I'm glad. Now watch this. I'm glad of the coming of Stephanus. Now you would think there would be Stephanus saying, boy, am I glad the apostle Paul came. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he was glad to see Paul. I'm sure he was glad to see an apostle. Wouldn't you be glad to see an apostle? Oh, what a special office. Paul, they said he was the greatest Christian ever lived. You know it was your pastor. I know it was my pastor. <laughs> hey, but it wasn't that way. It was the apostle that said about this guy in the church. His name was Stephanus. He said, I'm glad of the coming of Stephanus. I'm glad he came. And two other guys Fortunatus and Achaicus. For that, now here's an indictment on this church. Here's an indictment on the Corinthian church. For that which was lacking on your part, they supplied. When you didn't take care of me like you should take care of me, there's three guys took care of me. They were sensitive that I had needs. They took care of me. Stephanus was sensitive 
to the needs of people. And Paul the Apostle, he said, man, I was glad he came. Did you ever look out the doors and some cars pull up and you see him getting out and you say, oh God, please, they're not coming here. Lord, please, they're not coming here. Oh, they're coming. One of them's carrying a suitcase. <laughs> Paul said, I was glad. I was glad to see him come. If you pulled up at somebody's house, would they be glad to see you? Think about it. Would they be glad to see you? Would you be uh, negative? Would you be somebody going to drag them down? <coughs> would you be somebody that would lift them up? Would you be somebody that would take care of a need that they had? Would you be that sensitive? How would you be? Would they be glad to see you? Paul, the apostle, was glad to see Stephanus. Just an ordinary guy in the church. He wasn't no big shot. He's just an ordinary guy like you and me. Served the Lord. Last verse. Paul said, For they, Fortunatus, Achaicus, and Stephanus, they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore acknowledge ye them that are such. Paul said, they, boy, if anybody needs his spirit refreshed, everywhere he went, they wanted to kill him. They finally got him up in Rome where they took his head off. If anybody needed refreshed, it was Paul. Did you ever need refreshed? One time, I'll never forget, it's been years ago, boy, I was down. I mean, I was down reaching up. A friend of mine who's bedding up in glory, he called and I picked the phone up. He said, Brother Gary, I just felt led to call you and tell you that I love you and we're praying for you. Oh, I needed that. I needed that bad. really needed that. Did you ever call anybody up? Just call them up and say, I love you. But nice you just call the preacher up sometimes and say, Preacher, I love you. I'm praying for you. Just call somebody, somebody you know that's down. Just be a Stephanus. You know, I could never be a Paul. We have a ministry where we try to help people, encourage preachers, I've seen preachers so down. Didn't have any money. Couldn't get their kids' teeth clean or anything. Having a harm. I hardly had anything myself to help me. Well, we tried, did what we could. You know, I couldn't be a Paul. But you know what? I can be a Stephanus. 
every, every one of us, every one of us tonight will never be a Paul, an apostle. But Paul needed, needed Stephanuses to keep him going. That's how he wrote half the Bible, is he had little guys like us, just ordinary people like us, to help him. God sent little people like us to keep him going. We all can be like him, every one of us. Be an encourager. Help people. Let them know that we love them. We can do a little something for them. Every one of us. I can see them at an altar. All the whole family. Saved, baptized in church. Addicting themselves to the ministry of the saints. And God, here am I. Here we are. Whatever you want. Let's all stand to our feet. Preacher, I'm going to turn it over to you, my brother.